time. Uh, so that tells me a lot about the review that you gave on that product. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, Ricky Bruley here, Vapor Trail. We're really excited about some new features that we've just added to the Gen Integrate X Limb Driver Aero Ref. previous model that we had had the micro adjust knob that stuck out and so it made it difficult to remove these one piece low pro quiver from Matthews. We've eliminated that knob and now it's an Allen key that you would use to make that adjustment. We thinned up the area here where the activation cord is as well. We really squeezed it in about a quarter of an inch. It's a little bit lower profile so now you don't have any issues with the low profile quiver comes off nice and easy. And you also have, of course, the added feature of the integrated mounting system, so you can mount the aero rest right to the rail on the riser of the bow. Additional features include new markings that differentiate your locking screws from your windage and elevation screws. All Vaportrail aero rests have a free-floating head, providing more forgiveness and greater downrange accuracy. No need for a bow press, simply tie the activation cord to the limb and say goodbye to interference with cam timing caused by cable-driven arrow rests. The new and improved GI8X is available and ready to ship. Trust the originators of limb-driven technology and head over to our website at vaportrailarchery.com or stop into your local archery pro shop to get yours today. So, hey folks, here we are back again, me and Josh, uh, we ha were having a conversation last week. I had some technical difficulties and so we just basically had to call it, uh, and come back again. So Josh, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate your patience and, and I really appreciate you coming back on here so we can finish this thing up. Yeah, you bet. No problem. Yeah. Not an issue on my end. <laughs> so <laughs> where we, where we ended was we were talking about, uh, your favorite piece of gear. Uh, um, and that was the, the Exos pack, uh, that you were talking about and also kind of went into the amount of time that you spend out in the wilderness, 200 plus days, um, because of your pastime and also because of your profession. And I noticed on your Instagram page that you had some success this year with elk. And so I just wanted to ask if you would mind telling that story about how that all went down. Yeah, you bet. I, um. So I hunted a lot in September and I had some close calls with elk and I, I have, I had two tags in my pocket. One was a, a Montana general tag, um, which I'm a resident of. And then I also had a non-resident Idaho tag and I don't live too far from Idaho so I can, you know, bounce over and, and hunt it pretty quick mm -hmm. if I need to. Yeah. But I didn't get a chance to really get in there in archery season because I was just so focused on hunting Montana. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was coming down to the wire, uh, in Montana and our archery season runs into mid October, but I had a friend coming, um, David Brinker was coming over to go mm. hunt in Idaho with me with our rifles. So I was like, man, I've got, if I'm going to kill a bull in Montana with my bow, I better do it. <laughs> I have this weekend because mm -hmm. it, uh, Idaho started on the 10th. Um, and I believe it was the seventh when I killed this Montana bull, but, um, spoiler alert. Um, the, uh, so yeah, I, I, I was working down on this river project and we were working late, like a Friday and I was just antsy to get out of there. 
And my coworker was like, what are you so wound up about? I'm like, dude, I gotta go, I gotta go home and get my stuff together. I need to go. This is my last weekend. I can hunt. Mm-hmm. I need, I, and then like my archery season is effectively over in Montana. So I need to go. And I was like, I have a date tomorrow with a bull at noon. I'm going to go kill a bull by at noon tomorrow. Yeah. And the, the USGS guy's like, noon, are you kidding me? Yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, man, this really, I like a lot of the elk I kill are midday. Yeah. And he's so, you know, I went in and told him all about, you know, my theory on that. So mm-hmm. the next morning, me and a buddy, we went up into the mountains. We hiked in, hunted, um, heard a couple bulls, glass some across the drainage, but there were some fairly close. And mm-hmm. we ended up just kind of pushing them through the timber and they just kept just going around the mountain. And it's just this big rounded knob that doesn't have any real defining features mm-hmm. other than it's just, you can just tell you're going around the mountain just by where <laughs> the sun is in the sky. That's about it. Yeah. So, but we could kept hearing this bull. He was just seemed further and further away, but we just, we just couldn't like catch up and, and really pinpoint. And finally we kind of lost where he was headed. And so I'd hunted up there a few times. Mm-hmm. I killed, I think I'd killed a couple bulls in there in the past, but I had a good idea where, where he's elk like to go bed midday. So I told Tyler, my hunting partner at the time was like, let's, let's get down onto this little bench and I'll, I, I think right there's where that bull's going to end up. It's north facing. It's brushier than heck. It's mm-hmm. kind of right on the edge of this little kind of some more open timber. I was like, I, that's a good spot. Let's, I think we're going to, he's going to hang up in there. And if we're going to have a chance at this bull, this is where it's going to happen. And so we were cruising down and we ended up bumping a cow and a calf out of their beds just right before we get to this big bench. Oh. And uh, they kind of, they didn't really know it was up, but they kind of caught some movement. So they spooked out to Shoot. our right. And that's, that's what I thought. I was like, ah, oh, dang it, you know, <laughs> but nothing else took off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we kind of dropped down to where they kind of just bumped out and we called a few times and we didn't hear anything and we we're just getting ready to leave. And I, my buddy started walking away and I heard a really light fluty bugle that sounded fairly close and mm. I, I grabbed him I'm like did you hear that tyler and he's like no i didn't because <laughs> he was walking and making noise it was light enough for like if you were making a footstep or something you would have covered up the the sound sure so i said yeah i heard one i swear i heard one so i bugled again and we kind of stood there and i kind of i thought i heard a thump and so i looked at him and he looked at me and we both kind of had that look yeah i heard that too and, mm-hmm. and you know, as soon as you start hearing that thump, thump, you know, it's about to happen because yeah. it's, it's kind of weird how that grounds kind of sounds hollow up in, mm-hmm. up in the Alpine. And it's like, oh, that was definitely hooves. Yeah. So we both just, you know, ripped an arrow out and got it knocked and we were standing there and trying to listen, listen, listen. And then like right in front of us, I don't know, 30 yards away, I could just see these tines coming up the hill, just slowly mm-hmm. being revealed as he walked up and kind of threw some brush and eventually, you know, he walks up and just walks straight, straight in front of us, mm-hmm. stops at about 20 yards, just looking right to where he heard us call. Mm-hmm. He just had us pinpointed, couldn't see us, but we're standing there wide up. You're just standing straight up. <laughs> I wouldn't say wide open. We had some brush behind us to break up yeah. our outline, but 
he just stood there and stared and it was a you know it was a small five point and pretty soon he just like well that's where the sound came from that's where i'm headed so he just started yeah. walking and i i thought man there's he's gonna step within like five feet of me and spook or he's gonna be within I might as well just try to draw my bow as he's coming in. There's a little Christmas tree that his eyeball was going to pass behind. Sure. And I thought, man, if I can get that bow back as his eyeball passes behind that tree, mm-hmm. I, ha- I have a chance. Yeah. And so I just I drew as slow as I could. And just as my cam rocked over, he kind of caught that movement. And he mm. just jumped and spooked and looked back. quarter, And I cow called, too. I had to read my mouth. So mm-hmm. I cow called at full draw and he's looking back over his shoulder and it was a, t- it was a hard, hard quartered shot, mm-hmm. but he was close enough. And I th- I'm just like, I've just buried that pin, right. Kind of right in front of his hip, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, well, here we go. Boom. I, you know, I just cut it loose and buried up to the knock and he whirled and ran over the hill and Tyler's, you know, oh man, you got, yeah, that nice shot. That's a dead bull. I think I saw him stumble and fall as he was going over the rise. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, yeah, that was perfect tonight. I pulled out my phone and looked at it. It was like 12.15. So I was like 15 minutes late. There you but, go. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, he ran down the hill and he kind of stumbled around and he left a, a good blood trail. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that was my last minute bull. So, That's cool. In Montana. So I had a data data. We packed half of them out that night and then we came back the next day, packed the other half out. And then the following day, Brinker was showing up. Okay. So I, I got up really early, drove my meat to the, to the meat locker, came back, met him. And then we packed up, I, I loaded up my backpack and then we, we hit headed to Idaho and then hiked in five miles that night back into the back country to go hunt Idaho. Mm-hmm. The next day I killed a bull in Idaho with my rifle opening day of, of, of Idaho rifle season. That's Packed cool. that bull kind of up out of this Canyon and hung it on a Ridge, went back and got our camp, packed it out in the rain. Very next day, went back in and packed elk quarters. So it was like five days of like nonstop packing stuff, oh, heavy, heavy goodness. loads. So I was, I, I was whooped by the end of that little, I, I, I bet I, um, and how about, so was David just tagging along or did he have a tag too? And did he fill his or, uh, yeah, he had a tag as well. Um, mm. he was here, let's see. So the day I, he went and hunted the day I packed the Idaho bull out and then I took a day off. So he went and hunted by himself again. And then I went and hunted with him a a little bit more, but yeah, he, we were, it rained. It got really wet. The Mm. elk kind of stopped bugling. They got hunkered down. We weren't getting into a whole lot. And he's just like, yeah, I think I might just head home and catch my kid's (laughs) soccer game. There you go. (laughs) I don't blame him. The the hunting was getting difficult. Right. Right. Um, And he had a Montana tag. He had three tags. So he had an Oregon and Idaho and a Montana Mm. tag. So I, I, automatically associate elk hunting with rain because I've actually only had, I've only had one opportunity to elk hunt and, um, I hunted Idaho in 2019 
And uh, that's all it did was rain. I mean, every day it was rain, 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 rain. It just nonstop. I mean, but at the same time, you know, we had, we had good gear, so it wasn't, uh, wasn't the end of it, but you know, it was, it was me and another buddy of mine. And then we, we didn't have, all we were doing was just laying on Tyvek underneath a, you know, like a Kafaru um, canopy. So yeah. Um, yeah, one night it came down, it was coming down so hard that we had to just like, we just threw everything in our packs and we just hiked the, I think it was like almost five miles in. We've hiked all the way out and then just like hunkered down in the truck for a little while. So our gear could dry out and then came back out the next morning. But that was, that was a blast. I mean, I, I had some opportunities at some, at, at a real nice pull. Um, I kind of blew that whole, whole deal. And then, um, didn't end up panning out, but it was a really fun trip. We actually ran into a, a group of individuals. Uh, I think it was like six or seven guys from Wisconsin and they were all like in their sixties and seventies and they had hiked all the way up there. They, they brought a, um, they had a pack horse in with them too, to bring in a lot of their gear. And it was really cool because they offered to, they're like, yeah, if you get an elk, we'll pack it out for you with our horses. And I was Ooh, like, yeah, wow, that's awesome. So I ended up shooting a couple of grouse while I was out there too. And so I ended up giving them the grouse, you know, just as like prepayment for yeah. helping <laughs> us get our elk out, but, um, they didn't need to help us unfortunately, but it's, it's tough. It is though. I mean, it's, it's amazing. The things, everything that has to come together, like you're saying, you know what I mean? Even just being conscious of that bull's eye going behind that tree, you know, all those little things, you know, some of the Western hunting I've done for mule deer when I was, um, when I was kind of, uh, cutting my teeth on that, you know, and, and this friend of mine that I was hunting out there with, you know, he's like, okay, we're going to come up over this rise and the bull or that mule deer is going to be right down there. But he's like, we need to wait because we had the sun kind of behind us. He's like, we need to wait for a cloud to come in and cover that sunlight because otherwise we're going to cast that shadow over our heads. And I would have never thought of that. You know what I mean? And again, I was brand new to it. But yeah. just some of those, even just the littlest details that you got to think about that could could mm -hmm. get you busted, you know. So, yeah, I mean, for elk, like hunting elk, it's like it's always like being seen. Like we're such we're dealing with such close engagement distances that mm -hmm. they'll pick up on any movement. Yeah. And they're, they're looking. And so I'm always watching their eyeball. I mean, if, if, yeah. it, if I can't see their eyeball, I feel pretty safe moving, but mm -hmm. I, I am pretty rock still when, yeah. even if I can't see their eyeball, but I, I I'm always watching that. And I use that to time my draw and mm -hmm. that's, because if you can see their eyeball, they're going to see you move right at that, at that distance. And the, sure. I mean, that's when the things come on, come apart. I got lucky and that bull stopped to look back because he wasn't quite sure what exactly he saw. And mm -hmm. I'd also cow called and there were other, there were elk in the area. Um, so I think that saved my, my bacon on that one, but <laughs> man, a big bull, he'd have turned, if that would have been a big like an old bull, he'd have turned mm -hmm. inside out getting out of there and I just yeah. no way had another shot at him. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then, you know, and to speak of what you're saying, one of the opportunities that I had, and, and again, this is, this attributes to my, you know, rookiness when it comes to that kind of stuff, but just trying to like understanding how far away a bull is, uh, was something that I was, that I was learning. And, um, so we had a setup where, um, my buddy stayed kind of down at, there was, there was a bull up, uh, up on this rise. And so he's kind of stayed down low and he was like, you know, go, you know, go about a hundred yards up the hill there and then just kind of, you know, um, tuck yourself into 
some brush and I'll call and then hopefully we can, you know, lead them past uh, and you can get a shot. And I'm like, perfect. So I'm working my way up there and I can hear him bugling and I'm like, okay, he's still a little ways out there. So I've got, you know, I've got some room here where I can, you know, maybe work my way in just a little bit closer. And as I'm, as I'm working my way in, you know, just really nice and slow and nice and easy. And all of a sudden I come around this bush and I've got an arrow knocked to just in case. And, and all of a sudden I can see just the back of, you know, his, that horizontal line of his back. There's a big piece of deadfall right there, but I can just see his back over the top of that. And I can see the tines just kind of moving around a little bit. And it's probably, I mean, we're talking not even 20 yards, probably 18, 18 yards or so. And so I just froze and I was just sitting there and all of a sudden he just picks his head up and looks right at me. And I'm like, oh boy, like I'm kind of out in the open too, you know, and I'm, I'm on a, I'm on the hillside. So I don't have a lot of brush behind me at that point. And I'm just like, oh man, I'm just, I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to squint my eyes and just hope that my camo does the work. <laughs> and it, it, it didn't, I, what I should have probably done was just at least tried to draw my bow and, and maybe he would, you know, like you said, maybe kind of turn and then move and look back or something. But I just froze and hope in hope hopes that he would put his head back down. But no, he was out of there, <laughs> peeled out, and then he just shredded it like a like an eight foot pine tree. He just went over and just shredded it and turned oh. into a toothpick, man. So he yeah. was pretty fired up. But we never saw him again. So <laughs> that's my closest encounter. Oh. Was, oh man, that right there had me hooked. So I, I can't wait to get back. Oh, it's exciting. It's, it's what I live for every year. It's yeah. like the best time of the year period. Well, folks, uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, Josh, thanks again so much for your time today. I appreciate your patience and coming back on the show so that we can finish this up. Uh, where can people find you if they want to follow your journey and uh, get in touch with you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Just it's Josh underscore Boyd underscore Montana, maybe something like that. If you just type that in, you underscore MT. (laughs) If you, if you type that in, you'll find me. Um, Or you could uh, find me over on rock slide, which is the website that I do most of the gear reviews for. And my username there is just Josh Boyd. And I have reviews posted on the main page. You can find those, check them out, or you can just find me in the forums there. I'm usually, I I'll go and visit those like once a day, answer questions and, and, uh, keep up with things. Yeah. So, and I've gone through a handful of those reviews too. Great reviews. Um, and your writing awesome. is you're a great writer. And so everybody make sure you go check them out. Uh, and there you have it folks. Uh, make sure you, uh, head over, uh, to the range podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and soon X and TikTok as well. I'm working on some dance moves here, so that's probably how we'll debut that. Uh, Also, be sure to head over to the Vapor Trail and Stokerize social channels and give us a follow over there. And don't forget about the video version of this podcast on the Vapor Trail YouTube channel. Make sure you uh, give subscribe, give us a like, and hit that bell so you can be up to date on all things archery. And of course, if you're listening, do me a favor, give us a rating and make certain that you give us five stars. And with that, We are going to pack up our bows and we are hitting the range. Have a great day, everybody.
VaporTrail is now offering an exclusive discount to the Range Podcast listeners. Enter promo code TRP15, that's T-R-P-15, at checkout for 15% off VTX bowstrings and VaporTrail and Stoke Rise branded t-shirts, hats, and other gear. 